All right, good morning. It's 740 here on Wednesday, March the 10th. Jeff Andreas in for the vacationing Howie Reimer. Now, we are just a day shy of the official anniversary of the World Health Organization declaring a global pandemic. And while we have all been asked to reduce our travel plans to only things that are absolutely necessary, those transporting goods from one place to another, well... They have been in greater demand over the past 12 months. According to the BC Trucking Association, light vehicle traffic down 30 to 40 percent, but commercial traffic could be up as much as 15 percent in some places. To talk a little bit more about all of this, please welcome to the show, President of the BC Trucking Association, Dave Earl. Dave, how you doing here this morning? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks as always for taking the time to come on the show. So I guess just in a general sense, how has the past year been on the industry? How has the industry had to adapt over these past 12 months? I imagine, you know, it's been sort of a, a moving goalpost as you go through this whole thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think back to where we were a year ago in the next few weeks uh, as this pandemic emerged, I mean, it was a real crisis point as we didn't know what we were dealing with. Uh, you know, we had everything from, uh, you know, uh, companies canceling travel insurance and telling drivers to get back to Canada within five days to uh, other drivers being unsure of being able to leave their homes to, you know, really not understanding what we were dealing with. But we learned and we adapted and we got better at it. And uh, I mean, it's been a real success story in that we've been able to keep the, uh, the supply chain running and just not seeing a lot of COVID transmission in the industry. Yeah, and how has, like, the drivers themselves had to sort of adapt throughout this whole thing? We've seen, you know, public health guidelines in terms of how to keep ourselves safe. That's changed quite a bit, right, from, from one month to the next, and here we are now 12 months into this thing, and I imagine truck drivers have had to really adjust things on the fly throughout this whole process just to make sure that they are doing all they can to keep themselves safe, especially when we're talking about them traveling through different jurisdictions that might have different rules. Oh, sure. I mean, one of the things that uh, that has served the industry well is the the job as a, of a driver uh, is very isolating at the best of times. I mean, most of the time you're alone. Uh, you do have the opportunity, of course, to get out and socialize uh, when you stop for a meal or for gas or whatever it may be. Um, but, of course, those all changed and the rules all changed. So we saw drivers adapt to really be strict about isolating and protocols and isolating in their cabs and being careful what they were doing when they were refueling and using facilities. And, uh, you know, when they come home there, again, they're being very thoughtful about what they were doing and how they were interacting with their family and others. Um, and you're right. It's been a moving goalpost, you know, but uh, it's something that uh, we're pretty proud of uh, the, the response that we've been able to have. Now, of course, when we're talking about, you know, trucking and shipping goods, there's always that need to cross the border. Uh, so the border really has been closed, that Canada-U.S. border, to general travel for the most part for the last year. But, of course, like I mentioned, truckers still having to travel back and forth in order to transport goods. How has that process changed, or has it gotten maybe smoother? Because I imagine when things first kind of shut down and that state of emergency was declared and, and the federal government announcing that the border was going to be shut down to all but essential travel that probably complicated things for those who were having to go back and forth between Canada and the States at that particular time. And I'm imagining things got have, have gotten a little bit smoother or, or people have gotten more familiar with how to go about crossing the border over time. Well, it, it was interesting. The experience for a commercial driver going across the border is very different than for you and I. I mean, by the time they get there, the vast majority uh, of operators, the, the border authorities either way know who they are, where they're coming from, where they're going, and what they're hauling. 
long before they get to the border. So um, it's a very different process uh, that they go through. But when this first started, no one knew what was going to happen. No one knew what was going on, and we did the best we could. But it was pretty short order we were able to get a handle on that. You know, since then, there's been lots of conversations about different processes and what do we do and how do we go about different things, um, you know, and approaching stuff differently. Um you know, but really, at the end of the day, again, it's been one of those real success stories. We've been able to keep that uh, that element of the industry operating pretty seamlessly. Vaccines. I know there's a lot of groups who have come out sort of advocating for why they are essential workers, why they should be right next in line for things like the AstraZeneca vaccine and the single shot Johnson and Johnson vaccine as those supplies make their way to B.C. Um, We know uh, first responders are going to be first in line, right? Our paramedics, firefighters, police officers, they're going to get that AstraZeneca opportunity first and then sort of trickle down from there. Uh, I know things like the the B.C. Teachers Federation has come out and said why they deserve to have um, be high on that priority list. Where does the the BC Trucking Association stand on this? Obviously, the trucking industry, it's essential. We need goods shipped from one place to another. Uh, Are you advocating for maybe some some within the industry to be on that list for for being a little bit ahead of the game to get a vaccine like the AstraZeneca one? Yeah, what we've been advocating for both federally and provincially is to show us the data. Um, show us what we're seeing. Where is transmission happening? Where are the risks happening? And then let's allocate the vaccines to those areas. Uh, if it happens to be a, a subset of, of the industry, if there happens to be issues, uh, wherever they are, that's where we believe the vaccine should go. It's not, in our view, appropriate just to say, well, everybody in there, well, no, hold it. Let's Let's be thoughtful and smart about where we put these limited resources. Uh, Right now, we don't have that data. I can't tell you how many people in the industry have had COVID or where transmission chains have begun and ended. Um, That would be really helpful to know. So as we move forward through this, that we make the best decisions possible. I'm just curious in a general sense, I mentioned off the top that, you know, uh, light, light vehicle traffic down quite a bit here over this past year while trucking industry has seen their uh, traffic go up just a little bit. Anyway, 10, you know, 7 to 15%, I believe, is what we're seeing in some areas. Has that made it easier for, for those who are, you know, driving across the country to just have a little bit more open road? Have you heard from drivers who are saying this is, this is kind of nice that this pandemic's going on? I got a lot more space. Yeah, last last March through May, um, drivers were really finding that uh, they were able to do the runs. They had the space. Um, there was a great temptation to speed, uh, and that was part of the education to say, no, 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 <laughs> you know, keep it on the rails. Let's be smart about this. Uh, but as economic activity has picked up and as our restrictions have eased, um, you know, we're, we're right back to uh, to where we were in terms of, uh, of volumes on a lot of the routes. And uh, particularly in the urban centers with, uh, you know, people avoiding uh, transit until we get to a point where they feel comfortable being able to go on it, um, we're seeing more congestion. Um, you know, we're right back to where we were pre-pandemic and a little more uh, because transit ridership is down. So it gets a little tough for these guys to move through major urban centers. Yeah, and I wonder if we're going to see just that light rail, light vehicle traffic, excuse me, move way up too as people start to, um, you know, have that have that pent-up demand to go travel somewhere once things open up even further as more people get vaccinated. If the, if the highways will be flooded, with even more cars than usual as a result of that. Uh, will be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, last summer we saw that we saw those big increases in traffic with people moving around the province. And I mean, I think we can anticipate that again this year. 
Uh, one more question here for you, Dave. Uh, the B.C. government announcing yesterday $27 million in COVID-19 financial support for inner-city bus companies and regional airports across the province. Um, you know, I imagine from the coaching industry, for the for the coach bus industry, this is probably really beneficial news. We've seen a lot of um, routes get cut off as a result of the loss of, like, Greyhound service and things like that. Uh, just curious. I know we, we've talked about bus drivers in the past and the fact that they've basically had no business because we're not allowed to be traveling as much as possible. But this is probably going to be a really big benefit to those who are in that area of, of, of moving people um, that they get a little bit of financial support here. Yeah, for those uh, intercity bus lines, for sure, that's where the uh, the dollars were targeted. It's very welcome. I mean, any relief in that sector is welcome. Uh, but what we're, we're still missing is the charter bus. And uh, that's the majority of that sector. When you think about the uh, the charter buses, the team buses, uh, the travel, that wasn't uh, those companies can't access those funds. Oh, no, okay. Uh, so we're still waiting to hear from government. We are hopeful uh, that there's more to come in terms of uh, of some support for the tourism sector to act as a bit of a bridge. Uh, until we can get to a place of, uh, of a little bit more normalcy and a little bit more revenue. Um, it's a really, really welcome first step. Yeah, well, I, I've talked to some coach drivers here, and I know they're, they've been hurting real bad for the last year, so hopefully some, mm-hmm. some money does go to help support them soon. Thanks so much, Dave, as always. Appreciate the time. Anytime at all. Thanks for having me. Awesome stuff. There is Dave Earl, president of the BC Trucking Association, just speaking to what's been going on with the industry over the past year. Uh, a lot to break down. Things have really changed and developed over the course of time. You know, we probably could break it down into like two or three month chunks here and say this is what things looked like from um, April and May last year to June, July to uh, August, September. I imagine it's looked a little bit different as you break it down uh, in, in, in components and compartmentalize like that.